welcome to another episode of the Moments in the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We are at the end of book one, Water, with chapters 19 and 20. It's a double episode. The Siege of the North, part one and two. In the finale of book one, the moon is stolen by the Fire Nation, the Northern Water <gasps> Tribe is at risk of annihilation, and Aang has big old fish energy. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. So this is it. How are we feeling first and foremost about having reached the end of the first season of the show? It's been such a nice journey with you two specifically. It has. Um, it's, um, it's, it's been such a joy. I feel like I always get a really interesting perspective that I didn't have on this mm-hmm. before because like things that I wouldn't pick up on, like, I mean, Amber, you are the queen of this because um, <laughs> you know the episode, you know this universe, like the back of your hand and like your insight on so many of like the things that we go through is just so good. And it like it, it like it just recontextualizes the whole show or like this whole scene. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much. Fun. This is so good. <laughs> Thank you. That is so nice. Like, I was just going to say that, like, another testament to how great the show is, is that, like, you can rewatch it a million times by yourself and get a certain um, take on it. And you can rewatch it with other people and talk about it with like specific people and get a completely different experience. Like if I were to rewatch this with other people in my life, it would be a completely new experience. Um, And like in the same with Jessica, just like what you were starting there, that what I love uh, talking about with you is you always, it's like you're my friend who like did all the extra reading and, <laughs> I love homework. and you you always come and be like well also actually i did check that footnote and <laughs> this is exactly what it says and i appreciate the fuck out of that i so again you get a different experience uh with who you're sharing this with and um that's the power of these stories. Truly. I mean, what a, like it's I've I've never felt so close to this world more so than like having done this already. And we're truly just at the beginning. I mean, it's the end of book 1 of a two series like soon like to be we're three. still like there's so much. Soon to be 3. We still have so much left to do, but even even thus but far. But we've talked like, about a lot already. We really have. Yeah, I'm really excited to like get even further into it and this is the biggest biggest like everything so far these two episodes yeah like shit gets real in a very real real. realiness sense yeah i cried so hard um like uh, both the first time watching this and and even like uh, yeah we're, we're just gonna start there i mean like 
How many people have modeled a part of their Animal Crossing island to like the Spirit Island here, right? Like, I mean, the <laughs> Animal Crossing groups that I am a part of that like will be like, look at, I did this and it is that island just like tears me apart. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I mean, like today I was rewatching both of these episodes and, you know, I, um, I got a phone call in the middle of watching the, um, of watching and I came back just to the, to that moment where Yue, you know, sacrifices herself and it didn't matter that I took an hour away from this or anything or that I've been having like <laughs> a really emotionally heavy day. Like, you know, it just, it all came out. I was like, here I am. And, and I just started crying because UA is just too good. And it's so. Yeah. Too good for this world. She. She really was. And like, even in the end, she like still, you know, we, we had talked previously um, in the episodes about how she doesn't have agency in, in her, um, in her life because of um, the way that um, the gender norms exist and the patriarchy exists in, in mm -hmm. uh, the Northern Water Tribe, right? And, you know, we, like, in these few episodes, uh, we really, like, continue to see her just talk about her duty to her people. And she's going to marry this fucking asshole of a person who, like, I fucking hate so who literally much. Doesn't, <laughs> who literally doesn't like her. Literally. Like, he's just like, yeah, she's, she's like, whatever, but I'm really doing it because how cool would it look on my resume? She's fucking hot like, fuck. and like she comes with all these perks like it's so tight and like yeah and so she's gonna do that because this is for her people but like really like her life was never even her own to begin with like and she still sacrifices her life not just for her people but for the entire world right so in the end she does exactly what she was supposed to do like was it on her own terms not really because the fire nation didn't give her a choice and in the end like she still had no choice but she she fulfilled her duty to her people and the people of the world from 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 birth arguably right like she didn't have a choice from birth right this made me yeah i actually was thinking about this um on this rewatch um and also thinking of it in the context of how i would want this story remade and so, like, when you think of UA, um, yes, all of those um, horrible patriarchal things are true. Um, but also, when you look at the story, like, both, like, UA kind of acknowledges, like, oh, yeah, I've kind of known my whole entire life that I was some sort of, like, moon insurance. And, like, her dad also <laughs> Moon insurance? <laughs> That is so. I mean, I haven't thought of it in that context specifically. Oh my but, god! I mean, that's, that is literally yes. who she is. That's. I was trying to think of a good term for what I was trying to say, and I was like, "How do I say?" Are you insured? Moon insurance. No. By by out. moon insurance, I can't take that bet. That's that's literally who she is. That's why she was born. Her parents were like, "Oh, we got to make sure that moon's safe. Drop her in the pool." <laughs> and she's she's the insurance policy to make sure that they have their power. <laughs> We're like getting into this like right the fuck away, right away. What what is your three listeners? Like I literally had not thought of a good term. 
And then it just came out so naturally. <laughs> because it's the correct term. The correct it, is li- it, it is truly the right. Moon insurance. It is it. Moon insurance. <laughs> UA is moon insurance. <laughs> named her that. Yeah, literally. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> I was looking at it in this lens up. I was like, that's kind of like dark. Like that would be kind of like a cool premise for like a goth character. Oh, mm-hmm. right. And so like, wouldn't it be cool if like a modern interpretation of UA was like one of like those white goths, you know, <laughs> but like fully aware that there's this like ghastly, prophecy over her life but mm-hmm. then really milking her moment of being yeah. like oh shit i was born for this let me um die for it's the like, moon so, <laughs> for i am <laughs> so like yeah no that would be so cool to have like her instead of be so like oh my gosh I'm perfect and I'm this princess and I'm doing everything for everybody else to have her like be and have it kind of that attitude that would be like so kind of now I'm picturing and tell me if this is wrong so um in Legend of Korra the two um uh the twins um from the yes. water tribe that are just very yeah. deadpan very like i'm in control mm-hmm. even if you don't think you are but then if they had this moment of like oh my god i'm moon insurance <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> and then sacrifice themselves because oh they're both they're twins they're yin and yang right so maybe both both fish uh, die and then <laughs> okay so oh, i mean i I do think I that it think is interesting. I think it would be a that... really interesting interpretation. Totally. Thinking about well, it would. It would also <laughs> be just an interesting narrative to to get into, like what was her life like? Yeah. Just knowing, like that kind of pressure from such a young age, knowing like, oh, for sure, like, a, I'm gonna probably be sacrificed one day, <laughs> and b. Uh, I can't like I can't get hurt. I can't get in trouble. I can't die because again, I'm insurance. I'm an insurance policy <laughs> to in- to to ensure that like our power remains. And what a pressure that would put on a character. And like I would just want to see these sort of ebbs and flows of that struggle, especially going through like puberty and like post post childhood into adolescence, like. <laughs> That must be just yes. absolutely wild. Like, I imagine young UA as almost like a Wednesday Adams. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. I right? would watch because that full feature length film. It would be great because that would be such a cool character because it would be like, like, fuck, like, straight up fuck the world. Like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she would carry with her that, like, because she has that power, but she doesn't have the choice. Yes. And that lack of autonomy, but that that like mountainous uh, strength that she carries with her, without having the agency to use it. What a what an int- what, just as a character, what a cool character. That's such an interesting person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Yue is sacrificed. She becomes the moon. That's sort of the the close of the story. Um. Not before we start to see her and Sokka getting closer and closer together. 
um, they're actually the ones who see the Fire Nation show up for the first time when they're uh, flying on Appa, and then they almost kiss, and then it's like, what's this <laughs> in the air? And it's Ash, and they're like, oh no, here comes the Fire Nation. Um, and then Fire Nation attacks, boom. Uh, I do have not a problem, but part of me is just like, when that first flame ball is like thrown, they all kind of just stand there and they're like, oh okay, no. Okay, I was thinking the same thing. I, like, <laughs> And Aang, I'm like, hey babe, you just you just like literally stopped a volcano like two days ago. <laughs> you want to you wanna hook it up with like a wave? <laughs> or like, <laughs> do you want to like blow it into the sky instead of like, do you want to do something? And then he just like watches it hit. Mm. And then the second one, he watches it hit and they're like, oh no. And I'm like, hey. I mean, all the air And then he's like, come on, Appa, let's fly away. All the waterbenders. Literally. Waterbenders. All, all of the waterbenders. Because like we see them do such cool shit where they like, you know, all of, <laughs> yeah. they're all there. They're fucking ready for this. They like, what, yeah. why it's, didn't they just like they've... make a big ass wave every time one came up and then freeze it or something? You know, like, well, that, like I feel well, like. No. I feel like we didn't really get to see a lot of like the water tribe like synergy in terms of like how they're able no. to like work like, together. Yeah, not until they the were re- actually invaded, invaded. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is also Their a scene right after the game where it was just off. It was super off. And this is literally just after this like really emotional scene where um they're talking about like look around you, some of these faces you won't be seeing again. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be sacrificing themselves and they're just going to disappear and it's for the greater good of the tribe and it's just what we have to do. We're being attacked and we need to make sure that we we exist after these next two days. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. And so it's like everyone has it and then they're, they're literally standing there like in place, ready to fight and they launch that fireball and everyone just stays. Ooh, that was, <laughs> and nothing happens. I'm like, that was bad. I'm like, hey... I, it was so goofy, um, but I just I I in just in my head I was just like, why did they just look at it? That seems so like it felt really uh, anticlimactic whatever. to me. Like, okay, here the Fire yeah. Nation is here with all of their troops. They're gonna kick your ass, and they're just gonna let them. And yeah, like uh, again, like yeah. just um, I don't know. Every moment up until this point, like when I've thought of waterbenders, I've thought of them working together to, you know, I think we even see them like on, um, on our first introduction to like the Northern water tribe and stuff like that, where they're building bridges together or they're working together to lower, um, uh, for like the channels and stuff. And we didn't see any of that working together here. So it just, I don't know. It felt, <laughs> it felt really weird. It felt like we did this was so weird. we could build tension, but you didn't build tension. It just, seemed i don't know out of place mm. it's it, yeah it seemed a little uncharacteristic but but to be fair i think that's like the only part of the these two episodes that i felt was like kind of jarringly uh tangential when it comes to like the flow of the show it felt like oh wait is something else gonna happen or was that and then like that's just it and you're like oh okay i guess that's fine we're gonna move past it mm-hmm. um but it it, it is a really intense closer because you also at the beginning of these episodes we do see Korra or not Korra oh my god (laughs) Katara whoa Katara because in the last episode we talked about um how she wasn't going to be taught and it was this whole misogynist story about like I don't train girls whatever and now suddenly she's like top of her class and he's like really proud of her so we're seeing this growth we're seeing this like 
active change in the society. So we're starting to get that. And, and it's just, it's. He, like, so she, within like a week or however long it takes the Fire Nation to get there, she's like made a full blown bender by the dude that told her, no, yeah. you're a girl, you can't do this. And then I love like the little aside where he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the um to the Southern Water Tribe. I mean, it's time to like help rebuild the you know our our sister city and all this. And like in my brain it was like, you're gonna see if Grandma's down. Like you're gonna go get yeah. back with Grandma. Like and so like I'm picturing this like reunion of the two of them, and he's gonna be like, oh my god, oh my god, uh, I taught your granddaughter because like I've changed, I'm reformed. <laughs> Like, yeah. that's how I see him going to the Southern Water Tribe. <laughs> it just made me laugh. What I really thought was cool about how these two episodes are kind of, like, laid out is, like, yeah, it starts off with the, well, of course, within whatever amount of time. I imagine it's between, like, two weeks to a month, maybe, that they're there before the Fire yeah. Nation shows up. Because, it, like, they had laid the foundation that it would, like, take a while to build up a armada big enough. Um, and, like, not only do you see, like, not only, of course, Katara is a full-on badass, completely, like, just, like, bodied training and is now, like, master level. Aang is still kind of playing around. Um, I yes. guess like Aang has kind of lost sight of what they were even there to do, I guess, because I don't know, maybe like Katara just monopolized the, the training or something and he just like let her. Who knows? Yeah, I'm assuming it's something along those lines just because of the oppor- the opportunity of it, right? Because Aang can kind of find people wherever he goes, but for her, she doesn't have that luxury or privilege yeah. to, like, just learn. She has to learn from an actual waterbender. She's vendor. not going to waste it. Yeah, and I think he probably also recognizes that, like, she's a fantastic teacher, so as long as she <laughs> learns, she could mm-hmm. eventually teach him. Right? I Which assume. I think that level of irresponsibility is something that Aang is just going to pay for over and over and over again. Yeah. Because, like, because you realize, like, prior to this time when he's, like, fought people or, like, fought the Fire Nation, it was, like, fighting um, uh, fighting Zuko, which is which was always kind of, like, fighting with a brother, of course. Um, or, yeah. like, you know, the less battle they were in, like, they were also in with, like, other children, you know? So it wasn't like serious. It was still kind of like laughing. Oh, get me close to those tanks. Um, but here it was like a real battle, even though they were kind of like fumbling it in the beginning. But yeah. like yeah. it was a real battle with armies. Um, Aang saw right away, like that first day he went out and he was like, look, I just destroyed everything that I could see and it still was too much. And I wanted to be like, yeah, Aang, it's called an army. <laughs> like you're you're still one kid. You can't like fun and games and trickery can't beat everything. And I think that this yeah. is the moment where like it kind of becomes real for him cuz like you were saying like every other time it's like, oh, it's like a couple it's like a fire nation ship maybe or mm-hmm. like it's a it's 
you know, we like he, it's always like some hijinks that he like manages yeah. to get away or something, right? Mm-hmm. But like this is the first time where he's seeing like the full force of the Fire Nation, and they're coming and they're coming mm-hmm. for blood. Like there's no yeah. hijinks that is gonna he's gonna be able to pull on all of the ships. Like we see him do his hijinks, his normal mm-hmm. bit on that first fire, uh, that first ship, right? Where he's like, mm-hmm. oh, look at, I'm taking out your cannons. Look at, I am so smart. Look at how fun this is, right? And then oh, we see fucking Appa punk. man. We yeah. see Appa punk, uh, that one dude, just like, you're going after my boy and like literally pick him up by the head and just toss uh. him off. Like I was like, oh my God, Appa pissed is so fun. <laughs> But um, yeah. but like yeah, and he he does that. And he's like, cool. I beat the Fire Nation. And then there's like literally like a hundred other ships. And he goes back and he's like, I can't fight them. I can't do this. I'm just one kid. Like, and he's like defeated. And like everybody's like, yeah, dude. But you're the fucking Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's that recognition mm. where he's like, I don't think I can do this. Like that we've literally been talking about this nonstop. Like that's why you're here. That's what's going on. Why why this change of heart all and of a sudden? Whole like, thing, and he was gonna be yeah. like, oh well, uh, the fire. Like I wasn't there for the fire na- or for my people when the fire nation attacked. So I'm gonna be here for mm-hmm. you, and I'm gonna Make do this. And it's like this time, right? But in order to do that, Ang, you actually have to practice and you have to take this seriously. It's great that you're a kid and we love yeah. that, but also like you Anger. need to see what's at stake. Your people are gone, and mm-hmm. these people are yeah. gonna be gone if you don't step it up. You know. Yeah. You know what? That kind of changes my opinion on that weird hiccup in the episode then. Because part of me thinks that like at like seeing the vastness of what's about to happen, mm-hmm. I think he kind of in that moment might realize like, "Oh fuck, maybe I'm not ready for this." And so maybe mm-hmm. the moment of him watching it fly towards them is him like the non-reaction is like, "Wait, fuck, this is actually mm-hmm. happening." In a in a in a way mm-hmm. that I'm not ready for. Maybe. I don't know if I'm like giving too much credence to like that no, I can moment because it's not explicit but it seems like possibly mm. that that's the case yeah i think just before this episode he just gave himself all the leeway he's like well i'm a kid and i don't know anything and i only know airbending so i'm the avatar sure but like i don't know and the only time he's really like used his avatar hood is for his own gain mm. and his own benefit so yes. this is the first time other people are actually really fucking depending on him and he's like you know uh, again the our first introduction to him in these this uh couple of episodes is like him just not taking fire or uh, not taking water bending like seriously he's like been searching yeah. for this teacher mm-hmm. and he's like oh whatever it's a bit bogus i mean granted mm-hmm. we do see him turn into uh big water godzilla daddy (laughs) later which is cool but i feel like it's also real big fish energy i feel like i mean we'll we'll get to that i feel like that is also less like a choice and more instinctual just avatar stuff um Next, I do want to talk a little bit more about Katara and like all of the beautiful ways that they have shown in this episode that like 
oh, the fuck, yes, Katara has changed. Yes, some time has passed. She has a master now. Um, I loved showing, like, uh, if you, like, look in the animation of it, they show how, like, precise her movements are. You can see how, like, she is really, like, showing off, like, oh, let me show this motherfucker what I can do now. Yeah. He's been chasing us all around the world, and now I'm finally fucking ready for you. She obviously recognizes, like, the severity of the situation, right? Yeah. Aang isn't there. Aang isn't present. Aang cannot help. Yeah. He's in the spirit world. That is what it is. So with this in mind, she's starting to see her power, and it's the first time she is just like, yeah, Zuko, what's up? <laughs> like, try to take him. Let's do it. Like, and he's like, oh, you think you can? she's like, yeah, I do. Try yeah. it. <laughs> like, I, I do think I can do this. Yes, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, ultimately, she does get bested, but that is only because of the sunrise and the power that Zuko g- gets when the sun comes yes. out. Um, um, whereas at night, she fucks his shit Fucks his shit up. And th- yeah. <laughs> All day long. All day. Let's talk about Zuko. Okay. This is, I feel like this I... is really, um, we like, this is really Zuko and Sokka's, uh, Zuko, Sokka, and Iroh's episode. Um, oh, well, yeah. The three of them. Everybody For... else is just kind of there. I mean, like we've talked about like all of them before, but like really this is like, this is who this episode is for. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk yeah. about Sokka. I'm so stoked about this. Or, uh, wait, about Zuko? Oh, Zuko, I mean. Let's talk about Zuko. Yeah, I meant Zuko. Oh, I was like, wait, are we going to have a second? So the big moment that we've kind of been waiting for, uh, well, not really, but like Uncle Iroh essentially is like, hey, I know your dad sucks. <gasps> yeah. And you're kind of like a son to me. And like you are a son to me. I lost my son. I'm not going to lose you again. And he's like, no, I'll be fine. He's like, no, no, no hear me when I say this, you cannot, I cannot lose you again. Yeah. Like you are the world to me. And like, I don't know. I forget if he says like, it's something I never told my son, but like that's sort of the cadence of it. Like I lost him and he like, was Zuko so important. Says, like, I you wish. don't have to. And, yes. and he like, says like, no, I do. And the look I on do. Zuko's exactly. face yeah. when he like, when he tells his uncle, like you don't have to say it. Cause he, on this fundamental level, knows what his uncle has been through and he knows what he means to his uncle and he doesn't want like no matter what like he's given his uncle so many passes and all that he doesn't want his uncle to have Mm. to relive that or have to you know have to acknowledge Mm. that pain um but just like in that moment zuko's face when he turns around and oh it's just it's just like it is everything you hope it to be yeah because like as you were just saying that i was also going to add like zuko also knows what is customary in their culture yeah he knows that it is not customary for fathers to express that kind of vulnerability to their sons like of course like treasure their sons as like this is my legacy but not so much like this is my baby this is 
this is a part of me mm-hmm. yeah. but he knows that that is how Iroh felt about his own son and felt maybe in some level had sacrificed his own son for this country mm-hmm. and knew that he wasn't going to let Zuko sacrifice himself for the same nonsense he knew that it was nonsense and in that moment yeah. I, I think it was also just so smart of Iroh because he knows how much capturing the avatar means because he like Zuko mm. wants his daddy's love but he here yeah. he's just freely giving it like you don't have to do anything to earn my love yeah. because I'm here I see you I, like we're like outside mm. of all of this I see you and you are more important than this honor or this war or whatever it is that's happening like I like I, he wants him to to know that somebody loves him, you know. It's yeah. so gorgeous. And Don't just throw I love your it. life away. Don't just throw your life On away. On somebody that doesn't give a and shit about like, you. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Couldn't like does not care if you live or die. Straight up, you don't exist to them, yeah. essentially. I do like this as like the second time we're starting to see his walls come down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the first was the blue spirit, that moment that they had after when they're in the forest. And he's like, for a second there, I thought you were my friend or I thought I had a friend or whatever. Mm And we talked about that, that brief blip of a, Ooh, what, what was that? Like, is something changing? Mm -hmm. And now with this, similarly, like even when he is fighting uh, Katara and ultimately ends up winning, and he ends up stealing Aang and they go off into the, the hideaway up in the glaciers on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem like there is still a level of of uh, uh, reticence that he's sort of carrying with him. Like, I have to perform this act. Mm-hmm. But we're starting to kind of, obviously maybe mm-hmm. it's hindsight that we know what happens. But we're start, it seems like we're starting to get these small glimpses of like, hesitation for the follow-through of delivering the avatar to his dad like he's performing the object uh, like the objective of the thing that he's supposed to do that he thinks he's supposed to do but it's like especially after this moment with uncle iroh Mm. there is a level of like performativeness where it's like i have to do this But am I going to really end up doing this? And something that I really, really love, um, when he actually has Aang and they're like, you know, Aang is unconscious and he's running with him. And I think that this um, this scene is so symbolic of uh, Zuko's world and what he's Mm -hmm. going through and like and like emotionally and foundationally like to his character in this moment where he has the avatar and he's running and the the lake that he is running on that's like covered in ice starts to crack right that should not fucking mm. happen first of all in the north pole right <laughs> uh, that that should not happen but it does and we see him like you know um this thing that is not supposed to happen in this space that is not supposed to happen just suddenly threatens his entire foundation and his entire life and and everything that he has, um, everything that he is, right? And so he mm-hmm. is trying 
desperately to outrun that and trying to hold on to this notion of I have the avatar, my daddy will accept me, this is where mm-hmm. I am. And eventually he does outrun that. But like I feel like in this moment, kind of like you're saying, um, we see him kind of like hesitate. We I mean, he doesn't like he doesn't kill Katara, you know, he doesn't doesn't actually like hurt her, right? He doesn't he's just performing this, trying to get mm-hmm. Aang, right? And so mm-hmm. he um he just like that's when he's starting to like again to continue to question these things and these ideals and these motives that he has had for so long and uh especially after iroh like actually saying you know what he's been wanting this whole time is just love and acceptance Mm. you know so and then Mm. he hides in a cave (laughs) so i think that this like these episodes also show like a really beautiful side of zuko where i feel like maybe this is one of the first times where I really remember like noticing how special Zuko was. Um, like they show his will in so many specific ways. Like, okay, so we know because Iroh keeps asking him if he has a plan. He doesn't really have a plan mm-hmm. on what he's going yeah. to do. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we literally see him like swimming into just like water caves hoping to find air like like he he's he, he way literally too no far idea where to, he's going. like be able to like go back terrifying um, like literally comes yeah. to a dead end and like fire hands himself through to air and i'm just like it like the way that they showed him like that is that is a really powerfully willed person that he was just like look if these seals find a way in and out i can find a way in and out um and my destiny is in there so i gotta go after it and yeah um i do think that like i don't know maybe they make some leaps because like okay i I can totally see Zuko being awesome enough to find his own way into the city. But then how the hell does he find his way to the spiritual center? Yeah. 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 That was, how does nobody see him in that big ass um, uh, pipe? Like <laughs> it's a, it's on display for all of the water kingdom. He, he's like, he's like, trying to be so covert, and they're on but it's high literally alert because yeah. they're like at war right they're, the fuck they're now. They're being invaded. They're being invaded. And they, he's a fire prince. Yes. <laughs> who burned his way into the city. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I agree. There are made a few like leaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does it work for the story? Absolutely. Sure. Like, at the moment of op- most opportune uh, entry, Zuko shows up to the pond and is like, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Here he is. I did it. And you're like, yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but more more of those like small little actions, because then we see that fight afterwards in mm-hmm. the second part of it where he fights Zhao. Mm-hmm. And they're on this bridge. And after this like gorgeous fight, at the end, as everything's sort of wrapping up, mm-hmm. Zhao is being pulled <laughs> into the water and 
instinctively another one of these moments where it's like when he needs to act we kind of see his true colors mm-hmm. like when he's not performing this sort of fire lord son riff in these mm-hmm. moments of actual danger and yeah. actual instinct we see him do good things for people mm-hmm. right like instinctively we're starting to see that empathy and that like actual care because Zhao's die Zhao is gonna die and Zhao's been nothing but a piece of shit to Zuko. He is an absolute monster. He sucks at every level. He's the fucking worst. And still, Zuko puts his hand out and is like, hey, fucking grab it. Like, you're still and a human as, being and this is a spirit You're still monster. a person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I'm literally going to die. Grab my hand. <laughs> and in that moment, Zhao is like about to, to, about to reach out and then just doesn't and dies. And... I think that this is like a perfect way to visualize Zuko's journey mm-hmm. because it's literally butting him up against his old former self. Yeah. Like he wanted to be a Zhao character. He mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. to be this ruthless um, warrior, mm-hmm. this general, this person who like could do all of these things and do it by himself. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't need anybody's help. He is this autonomous, strong, masculine figure. Mm-hmm. So he, in this moment, at having already changed, is butt up against his former self, arguably. Mm. And you see that old life, how toxic and bad, and how ultimately he, like, if he didn't change, he would have died. He would have been forgotten. He would have been swept away. Watching him engage with Iroh's kindness and Iroh's help and Iroh's guidance, mm. along with how he's sort of shedding this old self in pursuance of the avatar. Yeah. It is like that moment specifically is such like a cool, like, Oh yeah, he was exactly that, but now he's different. Mm-hmm. Look how much he's changed. Yeah. <gasps> Whoa. And we get to see that too. When he like talks to Aang while he's like unconscious, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, right yeah, after yeah. the it's ice scene nice where he's really starting to question himself and his place in the world, mm. right? And he's like grasping for some sort of familiarity or like meaning mm. to his life, right? Where he, sa- he says um, to Aang, you're like my sister. Everything comes easy to you and everyone, basically everybody loves you. Uh, my dad says that uh, my sister was lucky to be born and or, or, she was born lucky and I was born... I was lucky to be born. Um, I don't need or want luck. I always had to struggle, but it made me who I am. Like he's proud of where he is now because he didn't have all of these things handed to him. And it's it's it is also interesting because yeah, if he was more like a Zula or if he was more of a Shao character in his core, like he that's exactly what would happen, Eric. Like he would be yeah. Um, he would be a victim of his own demise. Like in the end, Zhao was just so fucking petty and so fucking proud that he couldn't even take a hand to save his own life. He he would rather die than get help. Yes. And that's the, that's largely the ethos of 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 the Fire Nation or a lot at least the militarized version of the Fire Nation, the military of the Fire Nation that we've mm-hmm. been seeing. Zhao was such an interesting character because he's like one-dimensional in a sense but then they also they have him interact with interesting things like so we know that Zhao was a student of um 
This is the first firebending teacher. Oh, um, what's his name that we already met, right? Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang, yeah. Zhang Zhang. So we know that like he was a student of Zhang Zhang's mm-hmm. who was like a great master, definitely um, very versed in like the philosophy of firebending. Um, but like, you know, uh, eventually he said like he got bored. Um, he also happened to have like stumbled upon the spirit library in the desert. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the only like humans in history to uh, have visited the spirit library also later in spirit hell. I just think that it's very interesting to think of the trajectory of Zhao, who is a very just like made to be the bad guy, one dimensional, I hate everything, let's burn, I don't care um, character who has kind of an interesting life. Yeah, that's really interesting. That would it would be really cool if the the new show or whatever kind of went into that a little bit more because I would like to see more of his interaction and his time in the spirit library what did that look like um what um who was he before he decided that he was just going because I mean what we see in this first book is just he goes from being a captain to the all the way up to like general or whatever right yeah Uh, to admiral. admiral and you're like all right cool like but um and I think that would be um, so much more impactful um, with this um, uh, symbolism of Zhao and Iroh, who are essentially in this, uh, they are the yin and yang, they are good and evil, they are um, uh, these two opposing forces, you know, so. Um, okay, do you want to know something absolutely wild that, I, I have a pitch. Do you guys want to hear my pitch? Of course. For the live action, and I know that this falls into, like, the sad gay trope, and it's fine. I don't care. I'll use it for this. Uh What if his rebuking of empathy and of, like, another life Mm -hmm. is because he's deeply internalized homophobic and he hates that he's gay? He hates that he's queer. And so there's this, this, like, distancing himself from his true identity by completely engulfing himself in this militaristic lifestyle. Interesting. How would you want to depict it? Uh, in like do do like, um, maybe an old flashback or maybe even a moment with Iroh. Ooh, <gasps> what? Um, maybe, right? Because to me, what if like what if because they've known each other for a while. What if when they were younger, there was like a deep friendship, and he thought it was something else and was like, yes, I love this guy. And here it is. And like made a pass. And I was like, Oh no, that's not me. And then in deep shame runs away. And is like, that never happened. What do you mean? Fuck you. I fucking hate you. And fuck this. And I'm military guy. I don't know. I, cause I mean, old, cause, like his, his story ends in death and him not confronting that side of himself with fall falls into the, like, kill the gay trope sad gay trope like all of that Mm. the same stuff but that could be interesting there might be a way to subvert that trope like to to know that it's there and then figure out a good and meaningful way to subvert that maybe like he um he like yeah 
I, I think that you're onto something there. Like, but I think, yeah, just having that at the forefront and being like, could you, how would we, could you imagine if they did that in the live show or in the, in the new show? Like I just, cause I, cause again, there is so much, especially like with characters like Zhao, like we know him, like you said, it's like this pseudo one dimensional character. Like there is more to him. Yeah. There has to be. He is not just this one thing that we're seeing him as. So like, I don't know. It could it could be interesting. I just and obviously I love gay stuff. So <laughs> that's my own personal like, ooh, what if Obviously we I love gay. gay stuff. Yeah. Obviously. Where big gay more places like gay stuff would fit in the story? Everywhere. Everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean not to well Ty Lee. To me. Well, Tylee and um, what's her name? Oh yeah, oh, mm-hmm. we are gonna. That's talk already like about it. yeah. We're I'm so fucking like, stoked for for the next book, y'all. Yeah. So I know yeah. we're so close. Oh, we're so close because that is arguably like honestly, I like, often that's pretty... skip over the Avatar <laughs> state just so I can get like straight into Cave of Two Lovers. Yeah, I'm like, let's bring on the lovers. Let's um, do it. Anyway, back to our back to the- conclusion. <laughs> yes. Um, um yeah, Zhao note- is just like an interesting character. Like he just like chooses, like, nah, I'm gonna see what this evil, angry spirit's about. Like mm-hmm. that's just like his choice, and it's whatever. Um, I'm I think that it's really cool and fun that we get to see that you are in fact tortured forever for being just like a shitty ass person. Yeah. I think yeah. it would also be cool just in general, like, rather than having the fire nation just be like a hundred percent bad and everybody from the fire nation is bad. I mean, except for the defectors, right? Like, I think it would be mm-hmm. really cool for these characters that we show as, um, because I, I think they do it pretty well with Azula, but like with the other mm. characters too, to show how their way of life is actually harmful to themselves, and like, yeah. and how that is like, uh, how this performance that they have to maintain, like you know, just just get deep in there, mm. make it more nuanced because they're like it's already so nuanced with um with so many other facets that we've talked about obviously for the past like. 18 episodes but like mm. let's let's get get out of this because it's also not a kid show anymore right like uh or the the new versions right it we can mm. play around with um play around with bad and what is bad and what makes yeah. bad bad mm-hmm. and yeah it just makes the characters more interesting yeah. because yeah. there's it's it's more intersectional character building and more like depth creation to characters where it's not just like mm. he's the bad guy it's like well the the what is the what is the term anti-hero mm. it's like the anti-hero aesthetic of like oh yeah he's bad but like he's flawed or like look at his past whatever um mm. i mean you were saying it's like no longer a kid show i do want to like recognize that at least in these two episodes mass death um, that we really just kind of glaze over pretty significantly like obviously zhao is like the big one where it's like no we're showing his death. He yeah. died. Like we're we're gonna watch. Well, him we just die. see the spirit the moments... take him down. We don't actually see him like dead. But no, but that's but what I mean. Like, like the implication his, his of the action. It's like ended. his life has ended. Yeah. Yeah. But even when when 
Avatar's like the big monster. He's like chopping these ships in half and like cutting things in yeah. clean lines. And you're like, you know, that's going to intersect some It's going to kill some like, people. It's going to cut some people. Some people and are going to drown. It is, some people are going to get man, crushed. Rose, freeze to death. Yep. And freeze today. It's, it's I mean, cold it is mass there. death. Yeah, it's cold. It's definitely yeah. it's mass death. Dead bodies. And so, yeah. what are you really about, Aang? Oh, you know what? We do see the fish are, die. Are you just putting that on the oh. ocean? Right. Because I guess the ocean yeah, it's gets like, to kill people. The ocean is like yeah, I, it, I do that all the time. Yeah. The ocean's like it, or Aang's like it wasn't me. The ocean used yeah. me to kill people. Yeah, um, yeah, Jess, you're right. We do see the fish die, but like it uh, because it's not a humanoid, like because then it's okay. Yes. But like we totally see mm. the fish fucking die, um, which also I, and it's traumatic. Honestly, I yeah. do remember gasping. And when as oh soon as God, that yeah. happens, fucking Iroh, like even before he does it, he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna." open this whole this whole can <laughs> okay, Costco we'll size can of whoop ass on you if try you it. do this try it I'm gonna open up like I, I dare you to try it and just and immediately immediately like fucking instantly does it I do I do like he was about that life he was yeah. like well I yeah. need to kill you now and the animation at that point in the episode is so mm fucking good Perfect. where as soon as he uh, kills the moon there is no color except for ua's eyes yeah. right and when their fire comes yeah. in then there is some but like the the black and white the way that the lighting and the coloring is done for like for this whole episode like from here mm. on so fucking good so perfect um here's another thing and i had brought it up before because we've talked about iroh's specialness how does he know that Yue's been touched by the moon spirit? When he says that, her eyes are closed. Mm -hmm. And so is it like something he noticed beforehand and then he just like realized what it meant when he was sitting there? Or, is, or was that just like another like little leap that they made and that they didn't have a way to... Like, we saw her eyes, at least as the audience, like, in the absence of color, anything that has color is going to stand out dramatically. So I could see him, like, catching a glimpse of, of that and, and being like, You didn't really see that before he noticed that she had been touched by the moon spirit. True. I watched it very closely. <laughs> it could be, it could 100% be a, a jump. I mean, the jump would be right. Like he's a he's a well traveled man. He's a well lived man, and he's also somebody who mm. is high and or was a high ranking military mm. officer. So there might be a level of like that that another that that information seems like a pivotal. Like this is like oh the princess. The princess has taken mm. on the mood insurance. Like we know this. <laughs> she is the inhabitor. She is the carrier. Of the, you know what I mean? Like politically, yeah. <laughs> in the context of this world amongst all the nations, I feel like that is a piece of 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 kind of like world, not world breaking, but like breaking news for everyone to recognize that mm. like that entire nation, the entirety, a quarter of mm. this world, uh, 
that has has instilled the power of the moon, the insu- mm-hmm. insurance, moon insurance on this one person. Yeah. I feel like that might, at least from when it happened, could have been. But again, Amber, this is absolutely the leap of it. Like there's an mm-hmm. assumptive aspect to every single thing I said, but none of it's. <laughs> we also hear do know some real. evidence, though, mm-hmm. because in the winter solstice episode. Iroh sees Aang flying through the spirit world for somehow he sees him and like recognizes him. And And there's also um, that throwaway line that Zhao says to him where he says, I heard about your journey to the spirit world. So we know, so now we're told that uh, Iroh has been to the spirit world, which is not supposed to Mm -hmm. happen at this point with like humans right so yeah and you're absolutely not supposed to live if you make it there and back so um so maybe that's part of uh i, I think that uh goes to your point amber like where he is somehow he's able to notice yeah oh by the way because like in in one of my watches of this i remember thinking like what if ira didn't say anything like, because there is a part of me that just really wanted Yue to just live. Like, I, I was very mad on the first many, many watches being like, yeah, but it does really kind of suck that she's not a person anymore, even though we do, like, kind of see her later. And just wishing that that, that is not what happened, but also seeing that as a very powerful sacrifice. But I think ultimately Iroh is like, he's so concerned about the balance. And that's also why Mm -hmm. he, uh, he is a part of the white Lotus to try to restore the world back to balance. So I think for him to not say anything, I don't think Iroh evidence that would kind of show like, Oh, he has some extra level of training or talent in the spiritual side. I want to talk about one of my favorite characters in the entire series, which is... The Face Stealer. Uh, I think that this character is one of the coolest, like, not only design-wise and, like, idea-wise, like, what an absolutely terrifying spirit. Yes. Like, what an absolutely terrifying character. This idea that, like, if you show any emotion, he will steal your soul. I 100%. And he will perform as you. Fit, like, remember, like, my fear the first time watching it. Oh, same yeah it was so it was like so uncharacteristically scary yeah i was like jesus and the moment when he's like oh wait what i forget what the clue was where he like he reacts mm. and he's like oh you mean this this that and then mm. there's like, like like right what? up to his face like did you just react <laughs> and he's like i mean never mind i have to go mm. <laughs> but that it's just it is it's so terrifying and you're seeing with ever like the design of like the blink and with every blink a new yeah. face appears mm-hmm. like so fucking cool mm-hmm. it's like 
so cool and scary and like yeah what and part and of sh- the oh my god creep factor is you have a sense that the faces it's cycling through also have some context to the story like one you have the confirmation because it is the face of the avatar's former love that he had stolen that like you know the avatar had wanted to kill him over um but also like i i get a sense i was like i wonder if the other faces he's cycling through are also supposed to represent something but maybe it's something that hasn't happened yet like at the end he says like oh well we'll meet again and flashes some face and I'm like I wonder if that's a face that's related to when they meet again in the future because the face stealer also seems to know something about like time Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah, like it's the face stealer seems to be a multi-dimensional being that is also kind of outside of time in some way Yes. Yeah. There is that sort of assumption in in the way that they speak. Yeah. And I mean, particularly with the like the recognition of like, oh, I've met you before your other form. I know all versions of you in this version. I remember this happened and Mm -hmm. I'll see you again. I know it like we're it's just this Mm -hmm. really like bizarre sort of almost God like omnipotent Mm -hmm. uh, soothsaying monster. Mm -hmm. And it's so just like. That is a really good point because those faces aren't just like throwaway character designs. They're like Mm -hmm. interesting and unique faces. Very specific characters. Uh, Maybe I'll go back and watch and like try to try to see them and try to keep them in mind. Just like imagine what their story might be and how they came to be victims of the face stealer. Yeah. But like what just what a what a terrifying creature. And I'm glad too, in that same sort of sequence, we also get to see the um spirit from what episode four? Episode four, episode five, I think. Uh, hey um, bye. The winter solstice. The pan- yeah. The winter solstice. Hey, yeah. The winter solstice, yes. Um I love that. I love that spirit. I love mm. that panda. That's sweet. <laughs> the sweet panda monster. Like, how cute. It's like, I'm sweet and I'll run. And then somebody's like, hey, what the? And then it's just it's like, like fuck you, monkey. Um, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that monkey. How cool. Like, like we're getting, again, I mean, I know that we've, have we, we we've been to the spirit world already. Mm. But in this, I just like that we're starting to get these bits of the spirit world that like, Again, I forget that. Does that monkey come back? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Because I loved the character work. It's like mm. this <laughs> no nonsense. Like, hey, leave me the fuck alone. I'm meditating. Like what? Oh yeah, you've been go here before. I get it. So has everybody else. It's that way. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to go there. Yeah, he's over there. Yeah. Like, I just I can't be bothered. Like, I'm I'm busy today, and so I know that that's just a way to like have a little fun beat and like a fun yeah. little moment in this like truly right before one of the scariest parts of the show mm. and i get that but even then it just makes me want more of this character and makes me wonder if if he comes back because i really i truly do not remember. i think like everything and everybody in the spirit world is just so interesting and so fascinating and just mm. the concept of it itself because it does kind of exist outside of time right and yeah. um and we do know like that um, part of the avatar's job is to be the bridge between the spirit world and the human world. And that sometimes he has to kill spirits. Like um, mm. 
what's his name? Uh, Kurok, who like is like the avatar mm. spirit killer, right? Uh, but like every time you do, like it kind of eats a part of your soul and at your life expectancy. But then like there's like really great and fun spirits and there's also really terrifying spirits. And like just anytime we get more context and more characters and spend more time in that area, I'm always really excited. So when we get to Korra and there's a whole like chapter on spirits and like that's like a part of the whole resolution I'm so here for it <laughs> uh yes uh I also while watching this episode think like huh I wonder if this is like the same area as where like the portal would have been but it doesn't seem like it the would pond, be the, the same place right Oh, no, I don't think it is the same place because no. it's because um, that place has been sealed in... for hundreds and hundreds or thousands of years or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's I like in it's a like forest. Yeah. Okay. And she just takes them to like the most spiritual place, like I guess in like the capital city. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense because if they left the mm. city, then... I mean, they would be essentially fleeing <laughs> from the battle, mm, yeah. which might not oh, look yeah, great yeah. Um, for the avatar or the princess. Um, I want to go to that little pond because they were like, it oh, it's so warm here. Place. It's so much warmer because it's warm and it's tranquil mm -hmm. and it's cool and it's like full of mm -hmm. like straight up good vibes. Mm -hmm. So like I'm thinking Picnic. that would be nice. <laughs> A picnic like a little just like a little i mean even just watching even just watching ang meditate i was like oh jealous <laughs> <laughs> like, be like what's going on oh yeah there's like a war there's a war you guys yeah oh you guys i'm like <laughs> like i don't want to like brag but i'm like zenning out like, i'm feeling so zen um like i could sorry, just like we had stare to, like, at those koi fish all day yeah be like, oh, we had to report somewhere to get our like a battalion gear. Oh fuck. I like <laughs> totally missed that. I'm just like blissing out over here by the pond. I'm so sorry. Shit. <laughs> like, where were you? Uh, uh on an adventure, bro. There's, where were there's you? There's just this beautiful warm spring over there. And <laughs> Yeah. Oh, have you guys not seen? Oh, you've not been? Oh. Mm. <laughs> you must well, try it. You you Take gotta try it. If we survive from the battle, gotta try yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take a break from the battle. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, it's my break. You guys keep going. I have to. Like, do we, we want to destroy everything? Is all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like, maybe not that. Beautiful trees. Like, I'm going to be rock, there. And that'll also be bad for me. Nice, warm there. spot. <laughs> I really love this uh, hard eye roll work that you're doing that the listeners aren't like it's, privy to. It's it is, a work of um, art. It's uh, Oscar worthy. We're gonna have to like post this as a video. I I learned my eye work actually from Julie Louis Dreyfus. Oh my gosh! She her eye work. <laughs> Look is at this cross promo. Go genius. listen to that nostalgia. So we just did an episode yeah. on downhill. <laughs> we did, yeah, mm. and she was just so good in it, and her eyes are just everything. Um, Can we talk yeah. about Sokka? What? Um, we haven't yes, really talked Sokka. about him. And um, there's a couple things that I want to talk about with him. Um, first of all, um, 
we we see him and Yue fall in love, and when she finally really like rejects him, he's so hurt by mm. this that without even thinking about his sister, without thinking about Aang or what he's been doing, the 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 mm. king is having this moment where he's like, "Hey, I need people for this mission. You're probably not going to come back," and he's like. I'm your person. Do it. Pick me. I'm going to go on this mission. Cause he's like, just, he's so single minded in this, like, I love you, but you can't be with me. And this sucks, you know? Um, so I'll die for you. And yeah. And he's it's... not even thinking about Katara or the avatar or his mission or, or anything yeah. like any of the commitments he has made. It's just like, Oh man, pretty girl. Yeah. Yeah. And which to be I like, have that to show her rejection. I'm serious too by dying for her country. And yeah. to me that shows I, like because we we're seeing Sokka grow throughout these episodes, right? And I I every time it's because of a woman, right? It's because of Suki or it's because of something, yeah. right? So like in this episode we see that oh yeah, he he's He's doing better a little bit, but uh, he's still got some work to do, <laughs> you know, because to yeah. me, that is such a gross uh, reaction mm -hmm. to just be like, yeah, fuck this. You're look at I'm going to die. You should have loved me while well, I was alive. I I love it because it is such a male react. Mm -hmm. It's like such a masculine reaction and mm -hmm. in, in just in a way that exemplifies like it's ba it's badness. It's silly and childish mm -hmm. and like generally bad, like. The, the like, and I understand the feeling of rejection. Like, I get it, and especially for his age. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. sure, 100%. But absolutely, it's like without any recognition of any significance of anybody. Like, mm -hmm. oh, no, she was the only person who mattered in my life. I might as well be dead. Fuck it. Like, let's yeah. go. And it's like, hey, your sister, and hey, saving the world, and hey, like, your family. Like, yeah. I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like, just... all still very reckless in this season yes. one finale. Yes. Um, yeah. And they kind of lucked out, to be honest. Truly. What if Ira wasn't there? They really did. Like... What if, like, you know, Aang didn't jump in the little lake thing? Mm hmm. Yeah, right? Like it, it's there is so much and uh, yeah. Yeah. What if what if he didn't come back? What if his spirit didn't come back to his body at that right time? Like yeah. all of these random moments of of complete luck. Like Zuko could have taken him. I mean, we argued as to why he might not have. If there wasn't a blizzard, he have. he'd be gone, you know. Yeah. He'd be gone. And yeah. so it's Unlike the other seasons, I feel it's like the things that happened didn't so much happen because they chose them, but happened because of luck. But it's still kind of, we got to see some very important developments. Like this is what yeah. all of these characters have gotten out of what they've learned over however long of time we've been together like looking at their stories mm -hmm. that like yeah. Zuko has learned that he has the will to like literally do anything like if he doesn't have air he's still going to keep striving for his goal mm -hmm. um learned that um Aang like wants to fix everything but he can't just like do it by playing and he has to take things seriously 
mm-hmm. um, learned that Katara is a fucking badass. And like all she needed was a half of a chance. Mm-hmm. And now she is showing like her absolute necessity as like a character and someone who's going to make this happen. But there's still kind of, yeah. it's like, this was like their first big test and they kind of got like a C like they yeah, they passed. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> they survived. They got like a D plus. <laughs> <laughs> they, it, it was like they were the close to failing, but they technically fall. Like the yes, ultimately the civilization <laughs> didn't fall. So uh, okay, but yeah, <laughs> global catastrophe. Yes, that did happen. Yeah, for like twenty full minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right; we do get to see each person like kind of in inhabit. We we get to see a clear picture of where they are, right? We get to see Katara just mm. be a fucking badass with water bending. Does mm. she still have stuff to learn? Yeah, absolutely. But she's been like a master now for like a day, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. we see Sokka too. Does he still have stuff to learn with when it comes to romantic relationships? Absolutely. We, yeah. but like when he needs to be there and as like a leader for his sister mm. to rely on when she loses the fight and um you know and Zuko takes mm. Aang and she is devastated and she just feels awful mm. and horrible he says the exact right thing he says hey we're gonna do everything we can to get him back it like they can't be far it's okay let's go mm-hmm. the they're not and she's like oh my god they're dead in this blizzard and he's like no they're not dead you know why because Zuko doesn't give up he's gonna find a yeah. way to survive uh the avatar is gonna survive too we got this like he is there and able to be that person and then even like in front of uh the generals of uh the northern water tribe right they're like well mm. like he the first thing he does when he's told about like their grand master plan to sneak on this boat is he laughs at them because they come out in yeah. this old <laughs> fire nation stuff and he's like what are you talking about this means nothing and they're like well we the first order of business is to figure out who the general is he's like oh yeah it's this guy i know he sucks like whatever and like <laughs> and in that moment, we get to see, like I said, like Sokka as like a leader and as somebody that um, inhabits like just confidence and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But we also get to see how out of touch the the um, Northern Water yeah. Tribe has been, right? Where it's it like, like they've uh... shut their walls like what a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, but yeah, the, so we see him. But, like see... you were not prepared for this you can't put all of this on like three children that showed up yeah and, you know, and a month ago and they're still children right like uh ang like he's yeah. like cool i'm gonna fuck this up and he you know and he's like look i'm just a kid i don't know anything i'm i can't yeah. i can't save you all yet like and and we get to see them be imperfect. And the whole reason that the yeah. series continues is because of luck. Because right now, they're not ready for this challenge. If they didn't yeah. have luck on their side, the whole, like, the Fire Nation would have won 100%. Yes. Yeah. I do also want to bring up something similar. So you remember how I mentioned that, like, Zhao and Zuko have that moment where, like, Zuko recognizes that Zhao is, like, mm-hmm. a former version of himself to some degree. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sokka has that same experience with um, the uh, who the, the boyfriend. Han. What is his name? Han. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, Han is kind of this, like, 
a little chauvinistic, silly, kind of dumb, mm. like not really yeah. good, but like handsome, and, like buffoonish guy. Admiral Chow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just, but to me, he feels very Sokka episode yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. And so we're we're seeing kind of Sokka be in this position of power and this position of leadership, literally juxtaposed from arguably a former version of himself. And again, like the last time we see him, um, again, his name. Uh, Han. The last time we see Han is storming the <laughs> fire ship. And Zhao's like, hold on. And he's like, ah, for the nation. And then he just moves and pushes him off yeah. the ship. I laughed just so hard. And he flies out. He's like, yeah, but isn't that is that not just like a big Sokka beat? Like that's like that's like the perfect little comedic beat for Sokka. And so to me, to- it totally feels like his character is there to show that like Sokka has come so far, and again, still has so much further to go. But at least there's like at this season ra- this uh, season wrap, we're going from Ooh. episode one to this episode, and we see how much growth has. How, how much Sokka has grown mm. by putting him up against his former self in the same way that Zuko has put up against his former self. Are, are there any other sort of similar things with Katara or Aang in this? I've been trying to think about um, it. I don't, I don't think so. Like not off the top no. of my head, because I do think that while, you know, um, Katara and Aang were in the episode, I feel like their characters were kind of secondary in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this yeah. was just very, very heavy for Sokka and Zuko. And because mm. um, yeah. and that makes sense because we we talk about uh, we've talked about in other episodes how um, these episodes like to show parallels. Right. And so this is yes. this is yeah, absolutely yeah. Uh, it's like. Uh, a quadruple parallel because you're you're seeing <laughs> yeah uh, you're seeing Sokka yeah you're right you're seeing Sokka mirrored by Han and Zuko uh, mirrored by Zhao simultaneously so they're not just doing mm. the same thing or going through the same thing they're also having to face their former selves or mm. their alternative selves yeah. yeah, and you're you're watching those alternate versions of them mm-hmm. fail. Yeah, in a way that they no longer can because of that change, because of that growth. Yeah, that growth has given them the power to be different and to survive in a way that these other characters will not. I mean, granted, we don't really see Han die, but we see him fail uh, miserably, wonderfully, I mean, miserably, and wonderfully he fail. Probably, <laughs> he might die. He was pushing the ocean. We don't know how far out they yeah. were. I mean, let's hope, like, he's part of the water tribe. Let's hope he can swim. Let's hope. Yeah, Uh, truly. But but who knows? (laughs) But who knows? But I did think that was an interesting um, parallel, just from a a storytelling perspective, because it really does exemplify how far these characters have come, and it does set a really lovely tone for where they're going to go. Like, Mm. when we get into the next book, um, yes. When we see things start to really kind of set in motion and really start changing for these characters specifically, it is like this. This is where we start getting that inkling that it's coming, and it's just nice. Like just from a like noticing that, I was like, oh wow, that's right. Like that's what. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Well, now, thank you. Like it feels. It feels like I'm being taken. Now care everything of. is <laughs> more real for everybody, right? Like Aang really sees like uh-huh. holy. Yes. Like he's been told like by. Um, 
uh oh god by roku like hey this is what's gonna happen that you know you need to be prepared and he's like oh yeah yeah cool whatever i'm still gonna do my thing and then oh shit here's the fire nation katara's like i'm a water bending master oh but she still sees that ang does need to be protected right like and right now yeah. even though she has leveled up immensely she still has room to grow yeah. and especially if she is going to be there with him and help save the world right mm. and then uh Sokka yeah. too like i uh, zuko like you know um with like his foundation breaking and starting to question like his life and himself and his place in it um <sighs> like yeah this is this is like really i feel like uh the pivotal episode which is perfect moving into season two um mm-hmm. because damn <laughs> season two book two it's it gets it gets really good yeah it gets super um, good um but i agree i feel like um it kind of highlights the purpose of book one as to show the main characters in like lots of different situations to kind of tease out their nature and like kind of who they were, but also challenge them to um, refine who they are to be like closer to their ideals and who they really want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the finale just kind of shows like, oh, we've been kind of doing all of this tweaking and this learning and this like stretching because it's just going to get more intense from here. Mm -hmm. Like this was a real battle. It was with a real army. People did die. We like, you know, don't, doesn't matter how you look at it. People are dying or whatever. Um, And Aang has this huge part to play that he just kind of like literally fell into mm-hmm. and yeah. that's not gonna cut it in the future mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's it's that there's a recognition of that here I think yeah and I mean granted because we've watched it we kind of know that that does sort of play out but in this moment it is very clear that like Y'all barely passed. Like barely. you really, you barely the made it out of this. Moon spirit uh, died. <laughs> like yeah, like a, a whole young woman gave up her life. Yes, mm-hmm. like, and it that didn't have to happen, but it did. And uh, what can we learn from the? How do we move forward? You know, like it just it is. This I think I think the severity is implied, and they know that things mm-hmm. were rough, and that they barely got through it. Um, Especially, but it's going to be nice to watch them grow out of it and grow into it. Yeah, like the, there are real consequences now, and they see like yeah. they they got to know Yue on like a really fundamental level, and so far everybody that they've known has just kind of been okay. But even though like it hits Saka a little bit harder, like this like oh young woman is no longer alive and no longer like in in the sense uh, that she was before because you know because they couldn't beat back the the fire nation you know if ang was stronger yeah. if um if katara could have protected ang if like i mean there's so many ifs you know they passed with a d plus <laughs> like you said d plus they paid a very um, big price for it they did 
But to Whoa. be fair, not really like Aang and the gang's fault. Right. No. It just it's just a There's circumstantial kind of Yeah. It's circumstantial and it's important for their growth and it's important mm-hmm. for them to go through this and recognize that near failure to be like this is serious and people are dying yeah. and shit we should be better. And now yeah. we and then at the the final shot is Azula is we oh are my God. teased. Oh my you God. think Zhao was bad. You think Ooh. all of this was bad. Oh. You Oh you Welcome think to here we the go. The era of Azula. The Literally. best bad guy the best ever. Villain. The best villain. She's the fucking coolest. She's the, the most best. insidious. She, She's the best. Mm-hmm. She's the best. The best. She's the best. She's the this best at being the worst. This is also in the history of the show. This is also the first time that we hear the Fire Lord's voice. Mm. Yes. Um, they do a very good job of just like uh, before now we just get like little like glimpses like there's a lightning strike and there's like the silhouette of the fire lord here we hear his voice and we hear we see the fire and now um, setting up for us to meet Azula Azula I know oh my god she's so cool and I cannot everything. wait everything she's everything is- Everything changes now. It really, I'm. Just, I cannot wait to get into books two and three because truly, book one's great, but it really just does set up stuff. Yeah, just start fucking. It kind of it revealed book- their nature, and now it's yes. like now let's see what they can do. Yeah, because we also get our core fourth member who is a part, Woo-hoo! like an integral part of the team. Yeah, Toph. She's on her way. We know this, I'm but like, once wow. she's, it's like. The show really just comes alive in the, the next show. Really season. gets yes. better when there's more women. Just because yes. we get, I mean, truly, we 100%. get tough. Um, so Team Avatar is now going to be balanced out, and we get three incredible uh, uh, villains, right? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm really like, what a treat! I'm so happy we got we got through the first season. Yes, That's so did. crazy. I That's know. so wild. You guys, we did it. <laughs> Props to us. Um, before we sign off, I do want to just let the listeners know um, we're going to be coming back for Book Two Earth um, starting in a few weeks. So please stay tuned for what? that. Um, we're just getting everything ready and we're going to be right back into it. But we are going to take a small hiatus, just a few weeks. Um, but then we're going to be right back to our weekly episodes and uh, really digging in to the the meat of the show, which yes. arguably does start in book two, and it's going to be sick. So please stay tuned. Yay! Um, and please watch along with us. We're going literally episode by episode. So, uh, you like wherever we're at, you know that next week we are on to the next. We're not going to skip anything. We are going to do every single episode. Every single one. Um, but yeah, as for this first book, and as for these two episodes, and this. Um, gorgeous little two-part finale. Thank you so much for joining us on this lovely and gorgeous episode of The Momos and the Appas. Music and editing by Eric LaFevery. Artwork by David Tercero. And please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, please. Please. And remember... Uncle Ira was a war criminal. A war criminal. He was. A war, a war criminal. 
who arguably goes into the spirit world now, <laughs> but a work of yeah. nonetheless. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you for thank you for joining us on this journey, and we're excited to continue Thanks, with you. Thanks, everybody. Um, Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye for now. Peace. Ta-ta for now. Yeah. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the NostalgiaNetwork.com for more. Don't you hate when you're watching one of your favorite movies and think, whoa, that didn't age well? Or when you see a reboot of your childhood fave and think, did we really need this? Honestly, same. same. That's why we started the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. That's Jessica Tercero. And that's Eric Lefebvre. Come join us for our bi-weekly conversations about pop culture reboots centered around things like the patriarchy, systemic racism, harmful stereotypes and overgeneralizations, and really just distinguishing when people just need to sit this one out. Listen in on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. That's Nostalgia, spelled N-O-T-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Get it? Not Nostalgia. Like nostalgia, but with an extra T, so it's like not Nostalgia. <laughs> Follow us for fun, critical conversations about media. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye! Bye.